Here we go, Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perak Chaf, third to last Perak here, as we continue the stories of Achav, the king. Again, Eliyahu has already appointed Elisha, but they are not going to be in the following story. This is now Achav coming to his demise, not yet, but uh, on the way. But first, there are tremendous miracles performed for Achav in this Perak. What happens here? Hadad, the king of Aram, gathers all of his troops, many, many thousands of troops, many, many horsemen, and they start besieging the uh, northern kingdom, Achav, and his whole area. And he sends the message to Achav and says, I want your gold, I want your silver, I want your wives, I want your children, I want everything. And he says, fine. He realizes, Achav realizes that he is undermanned, and he says, fine. And then messengers came back and said, no, I want them now. I'm going to send messengers, and they're going to take all the gold and the silver and the women, everything now. And Achav says, oh, I didn't realize, I thought it was going to just be more servitude. No, you're not going to be able to take everything now, and we'll get to exactly the depths of his of his response. But the king of Hadad, Ben Hadad, the king of Ram, hears about this and he says, what, you're not going to come? I'm ready to fight you and I'm going to win. And Achav kind of taunts him and says, you haven't won yet, don't be so confident. So the battle was fought and Achav, who was very, very undermanned after being promised by the Navi Hashem, who is Michahu, according to According to Chazal, uh, he wins with very young uh, people and in that way he uh, defeats defeats Ben-Hadad. He is told again that Ben-Hadad is going to attack in another year, and which he does, and again he is defeated by by, uh, by Achav. But towards the end of that battle Ben-Hadad is on the run and he says to his men, you know what, Jews are Rachmanim. Let's go and, you know, see if they'll have Rachmanis on us. And they go and they say, you know, Ben-Hadad, you know, doesn't want to fight anymore, and could you have Rachmanis on him? And Achav, unbelievably, has Rachmanis on him, just as Shaul did with Agag. And he goes, and he takes him home, and then there is a charade, somewhat performed, by two other B'nai Hanavim. One of them asks the other one, please hit me, and the other one doesn't. He says, if you don't hit me, I'm telling you the name of Hashem, you have to hit me. And if you don't, you're going to be killed. And he did, doesn't hit him. He went out. He got eaten by a lion. And then he goes to another Navi and says, hit me. And he hits him. And he listens to what is said. And then that Navi, Micha, goes to Achav and says, Hashem asked you to hit somebody and you didn't hit them and you will have to pay for it with your life. Achav leaves, very upset. That is the end of the parak, leading up to the following parak of Achav and Navos, which will be the final nail in the coffin of Achav's 22-year reign. Again, we know a lot more about Achav than most of the other uh, Malchai Yisrael, but it is coming to a uh, quick end, as we will see in a uh, in a couple of prakim. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of the parak. Uben Hadad Melech Aram. So Ben Hadad, the king of Aram, gathers all of his troops. Shloshim Ushnai Melech Ito. He has thirty-two kings with him, and obviously they all have troops. Vayatzar Al Shomron Vayilachimba, and they're ready to fight Shomron. They're ready to fight the northern kingdom. We know nothing right now about what's happening with Malchi Yehuda. That's not on the radar. So he sends. Ben Adad sends messengers to Achav, the king of Yisrael. And he says, Ben Adad, give me all your gold and silver. Everything is mine. And the original response of Achav is that fine. Kidvarcha Adonia Melech. He acts very lowly. He acts with humility. And then they come back and say, No, we want to come tomorrow and take it. And for some reason, now Achav says, No, what changed? What changed in the middle? So if you look in the Radak, the Radak assumes that originally 
the understanding. Achav understood this to mean, okay, we'll be your servants. We'll have to pay you taxes. We'll work for you. But he doesn't realize that his women, his wives, and his children were actually going to be taken. He didn't realize that that was going to happen. That seems to be the postures of the story. But the Gemara and Hedrin, Rashi quoted that there's a deeper idea here. The second time, Ben Adad asked for something specific. I'm going to send my servants to you. They will search through your houses and the houses of your servants. Every desirous, beloved item in their in your eyes, you will give them. What exactly is this referring to? So Rashi says, quoting the Gemara Sanhedrin, Sefer Torah. They wanted a Sefer Torah. They wanted to take a Sefer Torah. Why Dafka did they want a Sefer Torah? So there are different suggestions given by the, by the Mepharshim. Maybe they wanted to get the Sefer Torah. They knew the Torah represents a special connection between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. The Makar for not the Israel of teaching a non-Jew Torah or suggest the Klei Yakar. They wanted to take it as a Mashkon. If they have the Sefer Torah, then they that would assure that the Jews wouldn't rebel or maybe they just wanted to uproot all Judaism from the Jews. They took it to to take every Sefer Torah. Well, not just one. They were going to take all the Sefer Torah. They rejected Bechiras Yisrael and therefore they wanted it. But Achav stands strong, and Achav says no to this. It's amazing. Achav is an Oved of Zara, and yet he can't bear for anybody to take the Sefer Torah. Say the Bali Musr, says the Bear Moshe, it's the Nakuda of every Jew. The Shorish, even though he was an Oved of Zara, but he wasn't ready to reject to reject HaKadosh Baruch Hu totally. Mizeroim, says the Bar Moshe, Es HaNekuda HaTova Mishorish Yisrael, the Pintalayid as it's called. Shalom wrote, even though Achav lost his Olam Haba, according to the Gemara. Shalom wrote, Lo Hayaka Achav Asher Hitmaker LaAsos Harab Enei Hashem, nobody was so bad, as we're going to learn in the next parak. Becholzo Shamar HaKavad HaTorah. He still wouldn't, wouldn't violate, the, wouldn't uh, allow the, the Sefer Torah to be taken. Vod Gav Kalam, and everybody agreed with him, everybody supported him. Right, this might relate also to what we discussed a couple of days ago, the uh, the MS and Sheker, the R and Choshech within a person. Rav Chaim talks about Eliphaz, the son of Esav. He is all mixed up. He has R and he has Choshech. Here's another example of Achav. R has so much Choshech, but he has a little bit of R also. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky suggests that this wasn't any common run-of-the-mill Sefer Torah that he wanted. We know it's a, a king has to have two Sefer Torah with him. Always, the Rambam writes, "Be'eshe Yashav Amelach Hakisem Al Chuso Kosev Lo Sefer Torah LaAtzmo Yeser Al Sefer Shehi Nichu Lo Avosav." Besides the one that he yarshened, what does that mean? There's this must have been a special Torah that was a symbol of the Malchus. It was kind of a national uh, heritage, an item that was passed down from king to king. Sefer Zeshel Shul Sheles Meluchaso Hamunach Bebeis Genazav Chiluk Biyisodo Mei Sefer HaPratishelo Says Rabbi Yaakov, the king. It's not even the king's. It's like the place where the mayor lives. It's the place where the president lives. That doesn't belong. That's a national chefsa. Uh, so maybe that was the Sefer Torah also. It is the malucha. And that is exactly what he wanted. Chemda shebeso chemda, says the uh, Chazal. He wanted the Sefer Torah. And Achav says, no way. You're not getting this. This is the symbol of my, the symbol of my malucha. But again, the Pashtus is that he stood up. He stood up even though he was so far. And we find throughout history so many stories in the Holocaust and elsewhere where Jews who are so far, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the last moment, 
they stand up and they're okay themselves and they stand even though it doesn't make sense, right? The, the Ruach Hayim, uh, we have mentioned has the beautiful thought in Pirkei Avos where it says that there were ten generations from Noach to Avraham to teach me that Avram got the schar connected kulam. And then there are ten nisyonos that Avram Avinu passed to teach me da da da. Ask the Ruach Hayim why in the first mission it doesn't not say the word Avinu. It says Noach to Avraham. In the next mission it says there were ten tests that Avram Avinu passed. Right, what's the connection? Because Avram Avinu put it into our DNA to pass these tests. All the tests that parallel Maisa Avo Simon Labanim, the ones that Avram went through, Avram Avinu put it into our DNA. He's Avinu in this regard. And that's why Reb Chaim says that whenever a Jew would get up in the middle of nowhere and leave everything and make Aliyah, that goes back to Lech Lecha Me'artzacha. Whenever a Jew who is so far from Judaism is ready to give his life and be okay to himself, that goes to the Akedah. Comes from the Akedah. If any Jew, throughout all of the history of the Nisyonas that Klai Yisrael have been through, but it all goes back. So here too, Achav stands up and says, I am not, I'm not giving up. The Midrashim, if you look in the uh, Barashas Rabbah, if you look in Parach Beis, that tells a story there on the Pasuk in Toldos, about Vayarach Azreach Begadav. Begadav, the clothing, could also be read Bogdav. And the story there is about the Yosef Meshisa, that it was terrible, he did so many Averis, and that they wanted him to go and bring him Kalim from the inside of the Beis Migdash. And he brought him, and they said, okay, go bring more. And he said, no, I'm not going back in. I already was Machis, my, my creator once. They say, go back in or we're going to kill you. He didn't go back in. Didn't go back in. Enough already. And he had that, that moment. The same thing about Yaakov Mishroros, uh, the story there that he, he reached a point that no more. Allah Bender Daya, the Gemara talks about in, in Avodah He reached a point, Adkan Vesulo, and he wasn't going to do any more. So that seems to be what Achav did here, even though he's going to lose it. But Hashem again. But he stood up and had covered a Torah, and because of that, because of that, he's going to be Zoha to the Nisan that took place in this chapter. even asks, he asks what am I doing wrong? Am I doing correctly? And they say, yes. They say, stand up. Don't give it in. Don't give it in. Give him money. Give him gold. Give him everything. But don't give the Torah. Fine. I'll do your first request. The second request, I can't. I can't. Ben Adad hears about this and says, you just wait. You wait for my attack. There's not enough dust in Israel for to be under the feet of all of my soldiers. And Achav says back, sends back to him, he says, don't count your chickens before, they, don't count your eggs before they hatch. What does that mean? Don't praise yourself like you're a choger. Choger is someone who is going down to war, wearing their, their sword, like somebody who's opening their sword who's already come back from battle. But you didn't win yet. You didn't win yet. He sends back this message. Ben Adad is in the middle of having a drunken party with the other kings of the time, and he says to some of his servants, go, go out and take care. Finally, a Navi comes. Who is this Navi Echad? Rashi quotes, Hu Michahu Ben Yamla, one of the Neviim on the list of the 48. He goes to Achav and says, Achav, Heraites Kola Amon Agadol you see what's going on around here? Hinani Nosno Biatchayom. You're going to win. Again, because, Chazal say, because of that little covet that he gave to the Torah, that's why he also ruled for 22 years, because he gave covet to the 22 letters in the Torah. But you will know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. Again, many chances Achav has in his lifetime to be able to come back. 
You don't need anything more than El Yobar Carmel with all of the fire coming down. No, wasn't enough. Maybe it was his wife's partial fault also. But here again, Achav says, who's going to go fight and win? Why was he asking? Why was he asking? Vayomer, we'll see. We're going to use these young people from the other countries that are with you. Sounds like an ambassador is from other countries. Vayomer, mi who's going to lead the war? The Radak says that Achav knew he was an Obed of Azara. He knew he made Hashem angry. That's why he asked, Hashem's going to do a nace through me? He didn't believe it. That's what he says. Who's gonna, who should, uh, get the chariots ready? Vayomer Atta. Micho says, no, you could go, you could, Hashem's gonna do it with you. Vayifkod, it's not Reisar Amidinos. He counts them up, and how many are there? 200 and Shmatayim Shnayim Ushloshim. 232. Very small number. And there are 7,000 fighters also with them. Rashi says, these are the 7,000 that were mentioned in the previous parak that didn't bow down to the Baal. The only one that Hashem is gonna say. And they start going out. This small group against the thousands of Ben Hadad. They go out. Originally, just the Sarei Hamdinot, just the few. So, Ben Hadad sends a few out and says to them, If he tells his, his troops, if the Jews are coming out for peace, grab them alive. And if they go out for war, grab them alive. So what does that mean? One says Tifsum Chayim, one says Chayim Tifsum. The Radak says, this is a classic machlokas between the Radak and the Malbim. Throughout Tanakh, the Radak says, this is just Kafel Ha'inyan B'milim Shonot. Just says the same thing, just a little differently for poetic license to make the Psukim beautiful. The Abarbanel says no, he was drunk. So that's why he can't get the words out straight. So he says Tifsum Chayim, then Chayim Tifsum, but the Malbim classically says no. There's a specific reason. The Malbim says that the Iker word in a phrase is always said first. The Iker instructions. So here he says, if they are coming with Shalom Tifsum Chayim. If they're coming for Christ, then grab them alive. Even though they're coming for peace, grab them. And if they're coming for war, Chayim Tifsum. Emphasize Chayim, meaning don't kill them. Don't kill them right away. Bring them back alive. So that's what he says. Hikdem milas tifsum the first time. Shehu ikra chiddush. Shaaf sheyatsu l'shalom yitvesu osam. Vimlo molchama yatsum chayim tifsum. Hikdem milas chayim. Shehu ikra chiddush. Hakam sheyatsu l'melchama lo yamisum. Rak yitvesum chayim. Uklal belashon shadavar shehu ikra chiddush. Yaktib mamaro. That's a classic malbim that he picks up the, the the little details and nuances of the text and explains and gives us an appreciation of the Psukim based on that. So they go out, and Ben-Hadad is beaten back, and they hit Aram, Makagdola. They hit Makagdola and Aram, and they go home. The Navi comes back to Achav and says, Leich v'hitchazek. What does that mean? Either prepare for war, says the Radak, or he has another chance. Do tshuva. Maisim tovim. V'dao re'as ashatase. See what's happening. Ki l'tshuvas ashana, you should know in a year, Melech Haram Olei is going to come back to you. And that's what happens. Fa'avdi Melech Haram Amru'elav. The king of Aram goes back like, what's going to happen? His servants say, Elohei Harim Eloheihem. Their God must only have success on mountains. This was in the mountain. Har Carmel was in the mountains. You know what? Maybe if we fight them on the plains, maybe that will be better. Right? They convince him that it has to do with the gods, do with the gods, and therefore they say, 
to substitute the people and you'll win the next time. Even Rashi, the Pasuk says in Pasuk Avdalad, put pachos tachtehem, instead of kings, have officers fight. Rashi says sometimes people who are not in a position of authority, but they're just fighters and they're trying to gain authority, they fight even more. So that's what they say. Do that. So what happened? It was the Chuvas Hashana a year later. comes back again, and there are many, many uh, troops, and again they're beat back. But the Ishalokim tells Achav, "This one you're not winning because you're such a great tzaddik." Because of the Chil Hashem that might take place. If you win, if they win here, then they're going to say their God of the plains is great, and God only has power, Hashem only has power in the mountains. And therefore, says you have to, Hashem is going to help you win the war again. The word Vayomer is said twice here in Pasach Avches. Rashi here quotes the Gemara, the Yerushalmi, Amr Yonasan. Yochanan, I'm sorry. Whenever it says Vayomer twice, you have to darshan. Amira Rishona, the first Vayomer, Omar Lovarasati is called Amonazebiatcha. Go fight and you're going to win. Amira Shnia, Imyupo Ben Hadad Biadecha, Al Tachmalalav. If you get Ben Hadad, kill him, don't have Rahmanis on him. There's a specific Tzivui, don't have Rahmanis on Hadad. Good, so now he goes to fight, and on the seventh day, maybe that means in the schools of Shabbos, they go and they fight, and a hundred thousand people are killed even in, in one day. Ben Adad goes into hiding, and he says to his servants, I'm going to pick up on now on the on the midos of a Jew. I'm going to use that. Let's go out and pretend that we're surrendering. And that's what they did. Now, they put ropes on their, on their head. The Mesutas David says, as if to say, you know, we're worthy to be hanged. And they go out and they say, please have Rachmanis on us. They come to Melech Yisrael. And they say, and he says, fine, good, it's okay. And they even say, he even bends down and helps Ben Adad go on his chariot. He says, Mephurish against. What the Navi commanded him to do. And says, everything that I've taken, you can have back, you can have back, let's just make a treaty. He makes a treaty, and and they and they leave. Right? This is exactly the same problem of Shaul. Shaul Amalek was told, wipe out Amalek, including the king, he doesn't. And what does Chazal say in that context? Shaul has such Rachmanis, but what's the rule? Call Hamarachim Alach Zarim, Sofa Lehisach Zer Al Harachmanim. Right, what happens a couple of prakim after he has Rahmanas on Amalek, he massacres an entire city of Novi Rakoanim. Misguided Chesed and Rachamim leads to the opposite. That's exactly what happens here by Achav. Achavir has Rahmanas on Ben Adad. What's going to happen in the next parak? He's going to murder Navos. He's going to have him murder uh, an innocent person. And we see it's not because of his Rahmanas. All Rahmanas and all Chesed and all of our emotions have to be guided by the Tzivu Hashem. Can't just be what we think is right. It has to be guided by the Tzivi Hashem, or else it'll, you'll end up being merachim on people who want to kill you, and being mitachzer, and you'll be brazen and terrible for innocent people. That happened to Achav, and that happened to Shaul. And that's exactly what the, the Navi comes and back, back to tell him. The Ishachad, and here we have Pasuk Lamed. Hey, very unusual last section of the parak. The Ishachad, Mibnei there was one from the Bnei Hanavim that got up. Amar al Re'eu b'Dvar Hashem Hakenina. Someone who was a Muxuk Navi says to their friend, "Hit me." Hashem says to hit me. Vayimaino Ishlakoso, and the man refuses. Vayomer lo, and he says, "Yana shalosh amata b'Kol Hashem," because he refused. 
There's a lion that's going to take care of you. That's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. What was the exact problem here? The problem here is that there was a Tzivi Hashem and he had to listen. Right? This is no, we don't know his name. We know this was the friend of Michahu. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Petes. Last few words of Amr Aleph. The Gemara says somebody who is Mivater al Divrei Navi. Somebody who doesn't listen to the Navi and is Mivater. He doesn't, he says, no, I'm not, it's okay. So that's somebody who's Chayav Misa. Kigon, says the Gemara, Chavrei de Micha. And then Right, he didn't hit, and therefore that was the that was the problem. Right, and Rashi quotes there our story. Right, he quotes our story. Right, we know the story, so we're able to appreciate the stories in the Gemara more if we know the actual the actual story. So, what's the message? Why why was this all done? Because then what happens afterwards? He goes to another person. Ish Acher, Vayom Rakenia hit me, Vayakeo is the second one, saw what happened to the first guy. So he hits him, Upotseya. Right, the message is, the Musar Nevi'im says, the message is that, you know what, people might have thought that what Achab did wasn't so bad. You know, he killed everybody, he had Rachmanis on him. And what's the message? The message is, no, you have to do the Dvar Hashem. You can't just have Rachmanis, because I think you should have Rachmanis. If Hashem tells you to do something, you have to do it. You have to do it. And therefore, as long as he's a Muxag Navi, right, he can't just listen to any crazy person. As long as the person is a Muxag Navi. Vahanira, that's what the Musar Navim says. Shanimsa Az Bain Chaburas Hanavim, there are even those that Shahayumchim. They said Achav was great, he had Rahmanas and Adad. It's a Kiddush Hashem. No. Chas Vishalam, just like here. That's the message that he Michal was showing with this other nevuah that you have to do what Akadosh Baruch Hu wants you to do and not make your own choices. The Menachas Chinuch, remember, Tafkuf Tezayin has the beautiful discussion of whether we know there's a to be cholikum of vatra al divrei navi. One is Chayim Misa. So he asked the Menachas Chinuch the the unbelievable question, which you have to have an answer to. So if Moshe Rabbeinu was a navi and he gave us the Torah, then every time we do an avera, we should be violating this Avera of Mavatra al Navi. And we should be Chayiv Misa B'deshamayim. And we know that can't be. There are many different uh, punishments that are given in the Torah. So, the Menachas Chinuch says, maybe the Isra is only if you do it as an act of merit, in a rebellious nature. If it's just Taiva, so then I, we all do Averis. That's one idea. Or, suggest the Menachas Chinuch, right, and he quotes uh, Shaul HaMelech, they didn't listen right, in this regard, and this is exactly Avera that this friend of, of Micha did but he quotes another answer, which is stated by the Achronim as well, the formulation of the Mitzvah HaMelech, Rabbi Cement writes that there's a, yes, Moshe was a Navi but the Torah wasn't Nevuah there's Torah's Moshe and Nevuah's Moshe Torah's Moshe is something else. That doesn't have the status of Mevatir al Divrei Navi. That's a different chefzah of, of information. It's Torah. It's not Nevuah. And therefore, the Avera and the punishment for Mevatir al Divrei Navi only applies to Nevuah and not to, and not to Torah. Rav Moshe discusses in a tshuva in Arachayim, Chela Gimel, Simen Ayin Ches, uh, the idea, what's the Avera here if someone tells you, please hit me? Is that an Avera? So Rav Moshe assumes yes. There's a separate question whether you're going to be pay, you have to pay the the five payments for chavala tsar ripu whichever some others. So if you say al that you'll be potter, you might not have to pay, but you're still going to be chayiv. It's still an avera. It's avera to hit somebody. It's the isra of chavala pen yosef. The Rambam says a much discussed two words in the Rambam. The Rambam says in Perakei of Hilchos Chovel Lamazik, Asr la Adam Lachbal, Bein Ba'atzmo, Bein Ba'chaver. You're not going to wound yourself. 
let alone anybody else. In a warring type of way. So that's the Shiloh. What happens if it's an anonymous? What if he gives me permission? Or is Chavalas by nature uh, wounding? Unless it's like taking out a splinter or something like that where I'm trying to help the person. But that is the discussion in Igris Moshe. And he talks about our story. It says the friend of Micha was punished because, even though it was an Avera, but it was like Eliyahu Bar Carmel. If a Navi tells you to do an Avera, Harasha, you have to listen. And this person didn't listen. But it was all, as is clear from the text, as a message to uh, to um, Achav. Because what happens after this story? This Navi goes and then puts on a mask, puts on a scarf, and he goes to the Achav, and he goes to the king, and he says to the king, Yishar, he says, you know what happened? Somebody gave me something to do, and I didn't do it, and I was punished for it. So the king says, oh, you deserve to be punished. Atah Haratzta. And says the, uh, Navi, says the Navi, he uncovers himself, then Achav sees who he is, and the Navi says, you have just uh, ex- uh, decided your own Gzardin, right? The Bar Moshe says, and others say, there's many sources uh, that mention this, that just like here, and just like David and Nasana Navi, we are shown our actions on someone else. And if we pronounce it guilty, then we will be guilty. If we're Dalakavskhus type of people, then we will be Dalakavskhus ourselves too. But here he says, guilty, you didn't listen, so so too. The Navi says to him in the name of Hashem, guilty, you didn't listen, that you will uh, be killed eventually uh, after Hashem decides that it is it is time. Which we will see his demise very soon after the next story of Hashem, which will be the story of Navos and Achav and Izevel, as we get into the last two prakim here of Sefer Malachim Aleph.